Welcome, here we are, part six in our series, Surprise, and we're studying moments in the Old Testament where God shows up, and He just kind of breaks into our world, and He reveals something about Himself to us, and that's like life-changing. And so we've seen how God has broken into Samuel's life. Remember Samuel? The Lord broke into Samuel's life, and then Hagar and Abraham and Elisha's servant, and then David last Sunday, and we're going to see a new moment where God will surprise someone else, reveal himself to them, and redirect their life. And this is what the Lord wants to do in your life. He wants to encourage you this morning. He wants to surprise you with something about himself and lead you in a new way this week. This is what God does. He grows us. So in this series, it's been different, hasn't it? This has been a different series. This isn't Mark like preaching the whole time. This is very interactive, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of teaching, but I will also ask questions today. And we have all these microphones that are going to be coming throughout this whole room. There's times that you're going to respond to my questions at your table. There's times that you're going to respond to my questions out loud. So everyone can enjoy this who is listening right now, whether in this room live or watching on DVD later. Um, now, you've also realized that the table where you're sitting is like your team, okay? And so if you're new with us, this is the same table you're going to come back to the following Sundays. And you also get like a prayer partner. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But this is what I'd like you to do. I want you to get to know each other just briefly at your tables. And I'd like you to just, if you, if you can, if you have the time, would you please share on one of these questions just real briefly at your table uh, would you share, what are you thankful for? Just one thing, hey, I'm thankful for this. Or what is a challenge that you're facing? Just something, man, this is going on at work or whatever. Or, man, I'd really like to go on that Israel trip, but I don't have the money. Do you have it? You know? And, uh, okay, you're listening. I just wanted to double check to make sure. Some of you went to that brochure and you looked at the price, didn't you? Uh-huh. Don't worry. God's the God who provides. We're going to learn about that today. So anyway, would you take one of those two questions, talk about that quickly. Go for it. Glad you're able to get to know some of the people at your table. Okay, let's go back. We always like to review. So let's go back last Sunday. We talked about God breaking into David's life. And there we learned that God revealed himself to David as the God who chooses. And yet we learned that God chooses not the way man chooses because man looks at the outward what? appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? Yeah. God chooses often the least likely people to use. So a couple follow-up questions from last Sunday. If you were with us, I'd like you just to share at your table real briefly. Were you able to live out, make some progress on your table obedience statement? Okay, was there a way you were able to live that out a little bit last week? Or also, were you able to share with someone something that you learned about last Sunday's message. Were you able to pass that along to someone in your family, whatever? Take just a moment, talk about that at your tables. A few of you, go for it. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you can actually remember when you were in the seventh grade? Seventh grade, you can remember that. The rest of you are brain dead, okay? All right. Up to the seventh grade, I grew up in San Ramon. Anyone here grew up in San Ramon? That's where I grew up, okay, as a kid. 
Seventh grade year, something changed my life. You've heard me tell this story before, I think, most of you, so I'm going to do it real quick. But I'm out playing in the front yard, and all of a sudden, a car drives by. I'd never seen a car this beautiful. Later, I'd find out it was a Corvette. The next guy, the guy, the guy and he was a new neighbor that just moved into our neighborhood, and the guy owned, owned this Corvette shop. So he'd bring by Corvettes every day, different one. He'd drive home from the shop. And he could tell I was staring at him, and one day he stopped, and he literally invite, invited me into his Corvette, and I, like, drove three houses down into his yard, you know, into his driveway. And I'm like, this is incredible. And so that became the ritual. He would drive home from work. I'd be waiting out there. I'd get a ride literally about 100 yards and pull into his driveway. And I'm like, he kind of liked me because I liked him, and he introduced me to the world of Corvettes. He would take me to shows. Uh, his cars would win, you know, first place in the Oakland Roadster show. I used to go to that year after year after year if you ever did that. And, uh, and he mentored me. And one day he said to me, Mark, uh, my seventh grade year, he goes, would you like a Corvette? I said, what? He goes, well, here's the catch. It's beat up. I mean, he owned a lot in Livermore. And he goes, if you want to go out and if you can find the Corvette, it's yours. So my dad and I rented a trailer. We went out to this lot. We finally found it in this creek bed. And we put a chain on it, drug it out. And it was, you know, it was, it was no engine, no transmission, no seats, no steering wheel, no radiator. But it was my Corvette. And we loaded it up on a trailer, brought it home, and for the next five years, five years, I worked on that Corvette. And uh, you want to see a picture of it? Because eventually I would, I'd put it into shows. There it is. I know you're just blown away at that mustache right there. You're going, that's incredible. You got it. But that's actually, is that you even? <laughs> yes, that's the man right there, huh? Look at that, huh? This, this changed my life because, number one, it kept me out of a lot of trouble, and I still managed to get into a lot of trouble. But uh, also, that was the down payment on our, uh, my wife's wedding ring. No, I mean our house. <laughs> I tried to get some points there. Uh, but there's times where you're blessed with something, and it just changes your life. And what we're going to see today is God is a God who gives and gives and gives. Woo. Take your Bibles. Turn if you would. To the book of 1 Kings, okay? Now, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings. So now you know where 1 Kings is, okay? 1 Kings chapter 3. Now, we have to go back in time. This is 960 B.C., okay? And this is a passage about Solomon. Solomon was the third king of Israel under the United Kingdom. And God reveals himself to Solomon as the God who, who gives, I mean, like beyond imagination. This is one of the most beautiful traits about who God is. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, we see this amazing picture. It's almost unbelievable that this could happen in history. But what I want us to learn today is that God wants this to happen in your history, and he wants it to happen today. Wow. 1 Kings 3, verse 4. The king, this is Solomon, went to Gibeon. Now, if you go with me to Israel, I'll take you to Gibeon. 
to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. Now, Solomon right now, he's building his palace in Jerusalem, and the temple is being built there, but it's not yet finished. So Gibeon was like a very holy place, and they're going there to worship. And Solomon offered, watch this, a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. That says something about his heart for God. And then look at what you would at verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. Here it is, our series, when God reveals himself. We're looking at places where God appears. And so God reveals himself to Solomon during the night in a dream. There are times that God communicates even to us today in dreams. We have his word, which is the, the primary. This is the revelation, the primary revelation of God today. But there are times that God still communicates to us even in dreams. And here he certainly did to Solomon. And notice, the Lord appeared at night in a dream. Solomon's asleep there in Gibeon. And, and God said this. He said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. This is my nature, Solomon, to give. And I'd like you to ask me whatever you want. What do you want? Can you imagine if God came to you and said, what would you like me to give you? <sighs> Solomon answered, well, you have shown. Look, look how Solomon answers. He says, you've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. Look how much God gives. Wow. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know, do not know how to carry on my duties. Your servant, now he's... When he says he's a child, he's in his 20s, probably early 20s. Your servant is here among the people you've chosen, a great number, too many people to count. At this point, most scholars believe we're talking Israel was 4 million people. And he's in his 20s, and he's king over them all. So he says, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. Would that be what you would ask for? Hmm. Who is able to govern this great people of yours, Lord? Notice, the Lord was really upset. No, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, Solomon, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administrating justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have any been, been anyone like you. And if you know Solomon's story, you know that's the case. Nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized that it had been a dream, but this dream changed his life. Okay. Now let's start by having someone summarize this. Now I'm going to say this. This is the first time I'm not going to give you a summary. This is the part that's most challenging for our ministry so far, but I know you can do it. And after someone gives a summary of this passage, if you believe they gave a great summary, I want you to give them a round of applause. And if you believe they didn't give a good summary, I want you to give them a round of applause. 
So remember, a summary is just a restatement of the story. If you were to tell this passage right here that we just read to a child, what would you say? What would you say to him? Someone stand up if you would and just give us a summary of this passage. Come on, Jeannie, you've got to do it. You've done it three times in a row. Okay, right here, we got a, we got a mic over here, coming over here. Does someone else got a summary? Stand up, anyone else? A summary of the story. This story is about, and you could just give us the summary of it. Okay, go for it, girl. I'm not going to try that one. Uh, the Lord visited Solomon in a dream and asked him um, whatever he wanted. He could have whatever he wanted. And um, Solomon just asked for wisdom and discernment, and God gave it to him plus much more. Yes! Give her a hand! What up, girl? I love it. Okay, I love what she just said, but, and mine goes similar to that. I am the Lord your God. What would you like from me? Ooh, a great summary. I am the Lord your God. God shows up. What would you like from me? Anyone else got a summary you'd like to give? A summary, a restatement. If you were to tell this story to your grandchild, what would you say that would grip them and they'd be going, ah, and listening to you? Go for it. I think the uh, Lord was very impressed with Solomon that he didn't ask for anything selfishly, uh, wealth or, or long life for himself. And instead, he thought first of his people and his responsibilities and what would God have him do. Okay, great story of Solomon not thinking about himself, but what would the Lord have him do? Great. Okay. Awesome. Very, very good, you guys. Yes, give yourselves a round of applause. Fantastic. Okay, now let's go to this, and i like just have you kind of sound off. Remember, 30 seconds or less. What most impacted you out of everything you heard right here? What was the thing that most you found most significant? Okay, just please stand if you've got a statement of what hit you between the eyes. What was the most profound thing that you see in this scripture that just like spoke to your heart that you'd like to share? How did this impact you? Go ahead and stand and we'll get a mic to you over here as well as over there. Thanks, mic guys. Please stand so we can get a mic to you. Go for it. It impacted me that God showed up to Solomon not out of a cry of despair, but showed up to him to ask him what he wanted because he was pleased with him. Wow. You got it. Not out of a cry of despair, but here's Solomon in the context of worshiping the Lord. God meets him. And just presents this amazing offer. Beautiful. That the Lord spoke to Samuel and he gave him wisdom and discernment. That the Lord spoke to Samuel or Solomon and gave him wisdom and discernment. You bet. Absolutely. What else most impacted you from this incredible narrative? What speaks to you? What stirs your heart? When you hear that, what was it that just moved in you in the deepest way? That would be great. Okay, right over here, we've got one. I was impressed that at the very end of this um, chapter that Solomon went back to Jerusalem and offered sacrifices to the Lord and thanks and then gave a big banquet for everybody and thanks. Love it. I love it. He responds to that with worship the same. What else? For me, it was um, when I was younger, my dad told me... Um, we could go before the Lord as, as, a, as, a, as a young husband and, and do the same and ask him, Lord, how do I run my home, my children? 
and uh, give me wisdom to do that. And he will. And wow. he has. And he's, he's still doing it. I love it. So we, too, can go to God for that wisdom as men, as women in our homes. And God still does that. He gives it. What most impacted you? Um, that he actually asked for wisdom instead of, like, material things Ooh. or something to get him somewhere further in life, just for wisdom to be a better person. Fantastic. That he asked for wisdom when he had anything that he could have asked for. That's what he chose. Yes. I was impressed that as a little kid, um, he, like she said, didn't want to just like a Nintendo or something <laughs> like that, or that he didn't bury his head in the sand with the o being overwhelmed with his responsibility and like just want to kind of say, oh, I can't handle this. But he went to God and said, you know, this is overwhelming. Can you help me? Love it. Um, I was impressed by everything everybody said so far, but also the fact that it happened in a dream. Yeah. He, the, God spoke to him in a dream, and I think sometimes we we write off our dreams. We don't, we don't pay attention to them, and sometimes God could be speaking to us in dreams. Powerful. It's powerful. It's great. Yes? Um, it, it, uh, anyway, uh, it seemed like uh, he was really humbled that he knew he couldn't you know, rule the kingdom by himself and that he needed God's help. Wow. Yeah. The humility, the realization that I need you, Lord. And you wonder if it's out of that humility even that the dream came. Because God could see his heart, and uh, the Lord responds to that. Let's, let's move into, from that, the next question is this. What do you discover about God here? What do we learn about God from this scripture, about God's nature, about how he works, how he responds, how he interacts with us? What do we learn about God? God is what? God does what? What is it that most impacts you about God that's revealed here? Generosity. God is generous. generous. Wow. Love it. What else about God do we see? Just please stand. Yes. We'll get a mic to you. God is generous. God is right here. We're getting a mic there. Thank you yeah. for standing. As soon as you've got something, stand so we get a <laughs> mic to you. Thank you so much, guys. God is? Uh, I was going to also say generous because he, when we ask, he doesn't just give us what we ask for, but if he's pleased with us, he'll give us so much more. And God Ooh. is just... He's just always giving. It's awesome. Wow. So God gives us what we ask, and then at times, even so much more. Amazing truth about God. Great. What else about God? He will meet your every need as you seek his will. God meets our needs as we seek his will. Great. What else about God? God loves to bless his children. Wow. I love it. God loves to bless his children. Fantastic. That's what I was going to say. God is always with us. Always. always with us. You bet. Even in our dreams at times. Yeah. Um, that God responds to a humble heart. Ooh. I know there are other um, verses in the Bible and you in bet. the Testament that says, come to him like a child. Yeah. And this is what Samuel did. And like you said, he you was bet. a child. Love it. God responds to that humble, childlike heart. Fantastic. He's faithful and he keeps his promise. God is faithful and he keeps his promises. Yes. God is a God who answers prayer, and he, he gives us more than what we want. God is a God who answers prayer. Love it. Gives us more than what we even ask for. Yes. God is a personal God and not a distant idea. Amen. He's a personal God. 
What else do we realize about God? It's in God's nature to give. Ah, it's in his nature. It's his character to give. It's God who came to Solomon in the dream and asked him what he wanted. Ooh. God pursues us. We'll take one more and ask us, what do we want? Wow. God is the same uh, today as he was then, and he'll give you the desires of your heart if they're in line with his will. Amen. That's great. You know, the Bible teaches that Jesus, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. And that's one of the most important things. When you read the Bible, you don't read it 960 B.C. You say, what is it there that God wants to do now? Because he's the same. He doesn't change. God operates the same throughout all of history. That's one of the beautiful traits about God is immutability. He doesn't change. And therefore, we shouldn't just say, well, God would never come to me and ask me. God asks you every day, what do you want? He asks you every second, what do you want? It's not his fault if you're not hearing that. Sometimes it takes a dream. But sometimes it takes seeing someone else's dream to remind us that this is who God is. You see, when you get this picture that God is this way, it completely redirects your life. It redirects your prayer life. It changes your life. Let's talk about man. What do you discover about man here? What does this reveal about people, about the nature of man or woman, just our makeup, how we act? What does this teach us about just ourselves here in the scripture, okay? Go ahead and stand. Anyone with an observation with like, wow, in terms of just people, uh, what are you seeing that impacts you uh, from the standpoint of just what this teaches us about us? What do you see? Okay. Please stand as soon as you got something. What does this show us about mankind here that we see? Right here and then here. Go ahead. Uh, I think it shows uh, that God was expecting selfishness, uh, that maybe that is what he sees most often in mankind. And when uh, Solomon asked for something unselfish, that he was so greatly pleased that he went uh, over and above. Wow. Okay. So maybe the tendency in most people's lives is to be very selfish and... Uh, Yet when God saw this, a selfless, actually something on behalf of others that we asked for, the Lord goes above and beyond. What else does this say, say about people here? Well, it, show, it shows that we need to uh, rely more on God's guidance and directions for our lives and realize we have to ask for it unselfishly, and he will give it to us. Amen. So we need to ask for wisdom. Yeah. For his leading, his guidance in our life. What else? And that God is truly relational. He wants a relationship with us. Ah, God wants a relationship with us. And we are created to have a relationship with him. We can converse with God and actually talk to him. And he will hear us. That's powerful. What else about man here? I think it was answered already the first time. But yeah, um, even as a Christ follower and one who loves God and grateful for all that he's blessed me with, um, the tendency when asked 
what it is that you want is still always selfish. My, my answer to that question was you know, health for my family, good health for my mm. family, you know, although for selfish reasons, right? So maybe if I could think of a different way or, or something different to ask that would then bless me with health for my family. Mm. So give me the opportunity. So our, our tendency is to be just as humans, we're selfish. We just are. We think about ourselves. It's not often that we put others before us. And yet if we can learn to become that, wow, who knows? God will give us that and so much more. Yeah, what else about man do we learn here? I think we need to remember that this is a dream. Yeah. Solomon dreamed that he asked for wisdom. In his self, he probably would have asked for something else. Well, that's possible too. In a dream? Yeah. Possible. But this is how it turned out, and so we stick with that, but you never know. Yeah. What else about uh, man do we learn here? Um, for me personally, it's showing me that um, asking for material things or short-term things is going to lead to a dead end, but we should instead ask for the foundational oh, things like the, yes. like the right spirit and the right heart for God. Oh, what up, girl? That's bringing it, man. <laughs> that was deep. You see, this is the deal. We all came in here, and I guess all of us are sitting here this morning. We're coming to church. We all have issues. We all have problems. The problems with problems are not the problem. We all have problems. You have problems. I have problems. We all have problems. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a problem. No, don't say it. Don't, <laughs> don't look that way. We all have problems. <laughs> now, here's the thing. As you go through life, if God did come to you and say, what would you like? Would you say, oh, I'd like $100,000 to pay off all my credit card debt. Great. That's going to help in the short run. Why did you get $100,000 in debt anyway? Because you weren't wise. So why is it that we don't pray for what we know God will answer? Do you know that if you pray for wisdom, God promises to answer it? James 1.5, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give to all men generously. So here's the thing, and I know you're standing, but I'm preaching a little bit, so hang on. When God reveals himself, he's the God who wants to give you wisdom, but you have to just ask for it. So I, I do a little sermon when I go to China and around the world on the four things I pray for every day. And I'll just give them to you real quick. Number one, I pray for wisdom. You see, when we pray, we should always pray in God's will because a prayer offered in God's will always gets answered. It's God's will that you ask and you receive wisdom. So when you pray for wisdom, you always get it. Otherwise, if you don't get it, God's a liar. I always pray for wisdom, and so should you. This is, we're getting a little bit maybe ahead of ourselves because I want to give you the opportunity at your tables to come up with an obedience statement. But let me tell you, God comes to you every morning. He says, what do you want me to give you? And if your answer is in accordance to his will, he will give you that, and then maybe much, much, much 
much more. If you keep going after the secondary and third tertiary things out there, give me money, give me this, it's so material, it's not his will. And God's going to say, what's it going to take to get you to start praying according to my will so that I can bless you? God's not going to give you something that's going to take you away from him. You say, what are the other three things? I have to tell you later. Do you want me to tell you? Okay, always pray for courage. God wants, all throughout the Bible, to be courageous. God answers that prayer. I always pray, pray for success. Nehemiah shows us how he prayed for success. And I always pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, commands us to be filled with the Spirit. Those are my four prayers that I pray every single morning in my quiet time. But wisdom is at the top. But those are four prayers. When you pray those four things, God will always answer. Because that's his will, we know. That's not the only prayers. There's other prayers you can pray. But this is powerful. Go for it. Well, uh, Solomon was not uh, perfect because on verse 3 it says that he uh, well, offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places when yes. he was worshiping other gods. And he did that at, at the end of his life too. Yeah. yeah. Now, high places were places that were condemned by God but also blessed by the Lord. If a high place was a place that was dedicated to pagan worship, it was an evil practice. But Jerusalem is a high place. Jerusalem is a holy place. So there's nothing wrong with high places as long as they're dedicated to Yahweh in the Old Testament, just so you know. But I appreciate that insight, okay? I'd like you to do this at your tables right now. I'd like you to just take a moment, and would you wrestle with this a little bit? And would you just come up, how is it that you feel the Lord is wanting your table to obey this scripture in your own life this week? How can you take this? and obey it, follow it, and integrate it into your life as you go into this week. Just come up, so one person write that down, and then we're going to share those statements uh, in a little bit. Okay, go for it. Okay, let's get our mic runners ready. If you've got a little statement that you could uh, read to encourage us how your table wants to live this out, this is going to be very special to hear how you're interacting with God's Word. How is it that your table wants to live out this scripture this week? What is it that the Lord said to your table in terms of a statement, how you can obey this, how you can integrate this into your life? Yeah. We pray for God's will in our life. God is practical. Be still, listen, obey, and be thankful. Okay. Pray for God's will. Be still. Be quiet. Listen. Great. What else? We are going to acknowledge God so he can direct our path, always be open to listen and receive God at all times, and don't be afraid to ask God for what we need. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, God is a very personal, intimate God, and he wants to uh, have that same personal intimacy with every one of his children. Amen, amen, amen. Our group this week is going to focus on reading Proverbs, where you ask God for discernment. You ask him for the things that he wants us to ask for, not the selfish things. Wow. Great insight. We're going to build on this thing called wisdom. We know God gives it, but he also reveals it to us in his word. And so why not read the book of Proverbs, the book that reveals wisdom? Yeah. We will daily ask God for wisdom and then 
be in anticipation of what he will do when we ask him for wisdom. That's awesome. We will daily ask God for wisdom and be in anticipation for what he wants to provide beyond that. Who said that? Ooh, Blanca. You married a good one there. What do you got? Um, we're going to pray. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to pray for wisdom, understanding, clarity, patience for every situation. And we're going to pray that we have the courage to apply the wisdom that God gives us daily. Love it. Great. I love it. You know what prayer is? Prayer is a response to God saying, what do you want me to give you? Some of you have never thought about prayer in that way. You would never pray to a God who is not positioned to give you. Some of you are stuck still. You're stuck in the fact that God came to Solomon 960 B.C. and said, what would you like me to give you? And some of you still have not crossed the path to realize that God meets you as soon as you wake up in the morning because he loves you so much, you're his child, and he says, what would you like me to give you right now? And some of us get up, and we don't even hear the Lord saying, son, daughter, what would you like me to give you? And we rush out into our day, and we're missing the most precious moment to say, Heavenly Father, and you tell God graciously, what it is. Please let this be a Sunday where God has revealed himself to you in his word to redirect your life. Go for it. What do you guys got? There's a prayer I learned that I shared with the table that they liked. So we're going to start our prayers with Holy Father, if it's your will ah. and it's for the good of all involved and it will not harm my spiritual growth. Beautiful. Beautiful. Over here. Uh, this table uh, is want to stop praying on on a regular basis for wisdom, courage, success, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit mm. according to His will and which that glorifies God. Oh, yeah. You guys are going to bring me an apple next Sunday too, right? No. <laughs> you guys are amazing. That's great. Hey, when you hear someone share something that's wise, write it down. Incorporate it into your life. I didn't get that out of myself. Got it from God's Word. And we pass this along. What a great principle to live by. When you hear something that resonates, write it down. Begin living it out. That's how your life is transformed. Yeah, go for it. What do you got? Pray and ask God first thing in the morning to fill you with the Holy Spirit and ask him to give you direction and wisdom for the day to be used by him to be the light in this dark world. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Wow, that's a prayer beyond just, Lord, we all have our needs. We certainly do. And there's, please understand, there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord for those needs that are going on that are acutely, just sharply, you know, burdening us. It's difficult. But our prayer can't only be that. We need to go deeper in our walk with God to be asking him things that honor him. Notice it says there that the Lord was pleased with Solomon. See, one of the traits about God is God can be pleased. God is emotional. As a father, as a mother, you are pleased by your kids when they show growth and maturity. And God is the same with us. So for me, what I wrote down is I need to always daily ask God for wisdom, knowing he will give it, and sometimes much, much more. If you do a study, like I, I, this really isn't the point of what we're doing right now, but even in Mark chapter 10, 
And you don't need to turn there, but in verse 51, did you know that Jesus asked a man, what do you want me to do for you? You see, this is the question that God asks. In 960 B.C., that was Yahweh, God the Father. And then you've got around 28, 29, or around early first century, Jesus, God in human flesh, asking the same question. And what I want, I guess, you to realize, because I love you guys so much, and the Lord is growing us all, is that God asks us because of his love. This is part of his nature. He wants to break into your life and reveal himself to you as the God who gives. And he's the God, though, before the giving comes, he asks. The Bible says, you have not because you ask not, James 4.2. You do not have because you don't ask. And when you ask, you ask with wrong motives that you might spend what you're asking for on yourselves. But if our prayer will change to be a prayer that pleases God according to his will. Oh, man. God answers that and so much more. See, God will never answer one of your prayer requests that's going to take you away from God. He's never going to do that. He loves you too much. But prayers that draw you near to him, wow. He'll answer those in a heartbeat because that's what you would do for your kids, right? God loves you, man. He loves you so much. And he loves the fact that you're learning, watch this, about him and how he wants to reveal himself to you. Hmm. Let's take a moment at our, our tables. And how can we pray this prayer? You know, um, I tell you what, we won't, no, let's not do that. Um, I think we've spent enough time on that question. Let me ask you this question. What person in your life could you share about the God who gives? Who, who is it that God's wanting you, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, this week? Is there someone in your family, someone in your life that they sure could use what you've learned today about the God who gives? And you could be used this week to pass this on to them. Who is it that God would lead you into? It's last Thursday. You know I golf. That's my day off. That's my opportunity to go. And I just said, Lord, bring me into contact with someone I can share your love with. And so I, I met a bunch of guys I golf with. One guy invited him. I said, hey, love to have you come on out to the outreach. And he showed up last night, him and his wife. You see, God wants to bring us in contact with people. If we, we'll just say, Lord, but you've got to prepare the way for God. And then you pray for the Lord to open up doors. And I just wonder, who is it? You see, God hasn't given you this message this morning just for you. He wants you to pass this on to who? Take a moment. At your tables, just, just mention maybe a name that you're not saying you will share it, but this is someone that if God opens up the door, you think they could really use this understanding about the God who gives. Take a moment. Talk about that person, and then we'll come back and wrap it up. Hey, let me pray. And then I want to tell you a story and uh, then say a few things before we dismiss, okay? Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I include myself in this prayer. Lord, I'm still learning about you, our great God, and I thank you for this beautiful trait today that we could 
read about and realize it's just not for them then, it's for now. That you're the God who gives and you say, what can I do for you? What can I give you? It's beautiful. That's the God you are. So personal. Jehovah Jireh, one of your names, the God who provides. And Lord, I just pray that even uh, today and into this week that you lead us into applying this to our own lives, that we would realize at all times we can ask you for wisdom. You answer that. And Lord, I, I, and other prayers we can pray in your will. It's beautiful. And Lord, oftentimes you give us far beyond. And Lord, I know there are many needs here in uh, this big family of ours. And I thank you, God, that you're a God that's able to provide and lead us out of situations we think are just overwhelming. And I just thank you. You're so good. You're not a God who condemns. You're a God who loves. You understand us. You understand that we have failing, failings and we get, you know, our cell phones ring and it drives us crazy and all this. All these things just happens. Life happens. But your love is always the same. And I just thank you, God, for sharing your love with us this morning. Encourage your people. Bless them into this week in Christ's name. Amen.